don't see it. Come on, even when. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Come on. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Really good. And I said, well, the Lord does. Amen. Amen. We're glad you're here tonight. Let's stand together, if you will. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and open their service, asking the Lord to guide and direct us in, in all that we do, and that he will receive honor and glory and praise, and that we will be challenged and stirred and motivated to be everything he wants us to be. Father God, we come to you tonight to thank you again, Lord, for another privilege, another opportunity to be in your house. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that where two or three are gathered together, your word declares that you are in our midst. Father God, may we realize that, may we accept that, and may we worship you in spirit and in truth and allow you to touch our hearts and allow you to touch our lives. Holy Spirit, have your way tonight in this service. Touch every heart, touch every life, Father, tonight that is here and those that will be uh, watching this either tonight live or if they watch it later on uh, on a rebroadcast the, the, on the social media. Father, touch the hearts and lives that need to be touched. May your word go forth in power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And Lord God, may all it, everything that we do be done for your honor, your glory, and your praise. Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Remain standing. Let's sing worship together. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. Oh, my days, I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, I will sing 
of the goodness of God. Go to the chorus. stop in these walls, God. Just move outside of these walls, Father. Just pour out your spirit upon your land, Father. Pour out your mercy and your grace, God.
Unfailing love over me again. 
Duh. I, no, that's something I do, Courtney. You got to turn the switch on for it to work. <laughs> Y'all don't have problems like that, do you? <laughs> uh, thank you guys again for coming and being here tonight. Uh, I encourage you, all of us to continue to be in prayer. And we're going to go to prayer in here in just a little bit. But uh, uh, I want to encourage us in our praying for our, our new pastor and family. Um, I'm thinking and I believe that we can be at a place spiritually, even now, that when all of that, God brings all of that together and puts it all in place, that it will be, we can be in such a place spiritually where it will, it will just, everything will fit together. Their mindset, their guidance and direction will be the same that God's guiding us in. I believe that with all of my heart, church. If we will seek God's face, ask him what he wants, God will put us all together in unity and, and when he brings that individual, that family to fill the place of leadership that, that is needed in any, in any organization, there's always leadership is always needed. You know, don't think we can just go off and do this by ourselves. We do need leadership, but I believe that if we'll trust God, God will have us to the place that it'll just be, we'll know that we know that we know, God, this is, this is the right thing to do and the right way to go. So, uh, remind you of announcements, uh, and I'm, I'm, I don't have a bulletin, <laughs> didn't find one. Uh, somebody help me out here. Uh, is there anything going on this coming Saturday? Okay, you get a day, you get a day off. Uh, I know Prime Timers is the last Saturday of the month, uh, and we'll be potluck and games here at the church. Yes. So be aware of that. Uh, I'm sure men's breakfast will be sometime, maybe the third Saturday. So, so we're getting close. So be aware. And the fourth Sunday of the month, what happens? Somebody tell me besides my wife. <laughs> missions. I heard somebody say that. Don't forget your missions offering and your pledges. Let us be faithful to support those men and women that have accepted the call of God to go overseas or into other places maybe that they're not familiar with. Even if it's in the United States, there's places you and I could be, we could go and we would be in very unfamiliar territory. But yeah. you know, God calls these people and as we support them and as we're faithful to our giving, God will, will also be faithful to us. Yes. And so let's end this. As we go to the Lord in prayer tonight, as we say, let's first on foremost on our list is keep praying that God will guide and direct our uh, uh, pulpit committee and give them the wisdom that they need to give them the direction that they need and that the Lord is it's not that that we're praying for him to do it he's already got in mind what he's who he wants you and he's working on he's he's working on putting us together but let's pray that God will will know that we know that we know that this is what God wants and that uh, God will give them the direction and the in wisdom that they need in such a time as this uh, we have several on our prayer list. Uh, let's remember all of these. I hope that you uh, have 
have, have your prayer list. There's several of them on here. A couple of them that I want to mention tonight you may or may not know about. Uh, Curtis and Sylvia's grandson. Uh, Tyler is, I think, up in Oklahoma City. He's going to have surgery to, I think, try to remove a blood clot in his leg. So let's pray that God will just work on this and that when it's all said and done, everything will be fine and wonderful. He'll be back to being a, a very uh, exciting and, and going outgoing young man. If, if he's not already, well, maybe he will be. Who knows? But that he'll be healed and well. That's what we want. That God will, that when it's all said and done, that he will be healed and well. And I believe as we pray, we can expect God to do that. Also, my wife read, I don't know if uh, uh, very many of you did or not, but Bailey Kaufman posted that a week from tomorrow, uh, she is scheduled to have an emergency surgery the doctor told her the way she put it in her her deal uh, and i don't know quite how to delicately put this but anyway it's very serious uh and it has uh something that uh, a young lady in in, in at bailey's age uh shouldn't have to even be thinking about but it's it's very very serious and the doctors i guess are thinking that unless something changes they need to get things taken care of. And so remember Bailey Kaufman in your prayers and, and Summer and their family that God will just not only give them peace of mind, but that the Lord will just touch and will heal this situation. And, and I believe we can pray that the surgery will not be needed. I believe God's a God of healing. He can heal what's wrong and take care of what's wrong. He created the body. He knows how it functions. He knows how it operates. And he knows what, when something's wrong, he knows what it takes to fix it. And God can fix it. I truly believe that. So let's remember them tonight. Anyone else have a need that you'd like to mention tonight that we can pray with you about? Sister Judy? This is the kind of God we serve. You know, as we sang that song, we lift his faithfulness. His, all that he does, he's faithful. Yes. So never, never let go of that in your heart and life. And just let's believe that Robert will get a full healing and recovery yes. in his body. Anyone else tonight? Don't want to overlook anybody? All right. If you would, one more time, would you stand with us together? Let's take these knees to the Lord in prayer. Ask God to touch in hearts and lives and touch in this service. And that as we go into his word, that we will be guided and directed. We'll be challenged and stirred and motivated tonight to follow him. Father God, as we come before you again, we thank you, Lord, because again, we acknowledge that you are God. But Lord, most important of all, you are our God. And each one of us in this place tonight, each person, Lord God, that is listening to this service tonight can know that if Jesus Christ is Savior and Lord of their life, that you are their God. 
You watch over us. You know what each one of us is going through in our hearts and in our lives. You know, Lord God, every situation. You know every circumstance. And Father God, we believe tonight and every day, not just tonight, but every day of our life, we believe that your word is true, that it is faithful. What you have promised, you will do. And Father, as we bring these needs before you tonight, we ask you, Lord God, to continue your guidance and direction in our hearts and lives. Continue your guidance, Lord, in the search, Lord, for the pastor and the family, Lord, that you want to be here. Father God, the one that you want that will guide and direct us, that will be the leader that you've called them to be for us, and that we will be a church, Father God, that is willing to get in and to support and, and to get behind, and that we begin to realize that a church is a church is a church when it works together, when we unite together in spirit, when we unite together in effort, when we unite together in the things that we are believing for, that Father God, we can be the church that you have called us and that you desire for us to be. Father God, help us, Lord, not to, to do this. Lord, we're not saying, keep asking because, but Lord, we want to know what your will is. We want to know who you want to be in this place, to fill this pulpit as a, our lead pastor of this church, Father God, and that we'll, we can, we'll get behind and pray for and support and encourage and be as helpful, Lord God, as we know how to be that we can reach this community, that we can reach this, this area around us, Father God, with the life and the love and the power of Jesus Christ. Uh, Father, we pray, Lord, also for these needs, that, these that need healing, Lord. There's many on our list, Father God, tonight, asking you, Lord, to touch and to heal and to minister in their hearts and their lives. We pray, Lord, for Tyler. Lord, as he goes in for this surgery tomorrow, Father God, guide and direct the doctors and the surgeons and the nurses all that are there and Lord God just cause it all to work and go better than they expected to do and may your healing power be made manifest in Tyler's body Lord God that all goes well and that Father he leaves that hospital healed and whole in his body. We pray, Lord, for Bailey Kaufman, Father. Lord, you know the situation in her life tonight. Father, we are asking you, we are agreeing together, Father God, that your word declares that by the stripes of Jesus we are and we were healed. We have declared that you are the God who heals us. And Father, we pray that healing over her right now in the name of Jesus. That, Father God, from the top of her head to the soles of her feet, your healing power will flow through her and that you will correct what's wrong, that you will heal what is out of place or, or not functioning as it ought to function. And that, Father God, you heal her right now in the name of Jesus. Father, it doesn't matter whether she's here or in this sanctuary or not. Father, you are not, your arm is not shortened that you cannot heal. You've not lost any power. You've not lost any ability to your authority and Father God we thank you for that and we thank you Lord for what you are doing in Bailey's life and her body tonight Father and we give you praise and we give you honor and glory for it 
Lord, we pray for Robbie tonight. Ask you, Lord God, to touch in his life. Lord, these spots that, Lord, this, the, the radiation and the stuff can't touch and that surgeons can't get to, Father God, you touch and heal it. Father God, we pray, Lord, that the blood supply to those, those spots that the doctors can't get to, Lord, that it be cut off and that they die and they shrivel and leave his body in the name of Jesus and that your healing power be made manifest. For Lord, you are Lord over cancer. You are Lord over every disease, oh Father God. Your word declares that Jesus walked about healing all those that were diseased. And we thank you, Father, that you're still healing today in hearts and in lives. Guide and direct us, Lord. As we get into your word, may you stir us, Lord God, and may it challenge us, Father God, to seek you in every way of our lives that we bring honor and we bring glory and we bring praise to your name for you alone are worthy of all praise and honor and glory. And Father, for all that we have asked for, Lord, we now say thank you and we give you praise for what you have done and are doing and are going to do and accomplish in the hearts and the lives of all of these that we have prayed for. Again, Lord, for your honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. If I had a title tonight, in fact, I did. Worked on trying to get us a little slide thing, and my uh, technology technology skills with computers is about that big. <laughs> so, uh, but we're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna get there. Uh, in your Bibles tonight, turn if you will to the book of Exodus. Chapter 19. It's old boy, Old Testament stuff. <laughs> but I think there is some things that we can understand tonight uh, that will help us as, as we go forward, as we get to this place where God puts us together and, and gets us, our, our pastor and family, that we can really reach and touch our world for the Lord tonight. Exodus chapter nine, 19, excuse me. And starting at verse 9, I'd like to read. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, behold, I am coming to you in a thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak with you and may also believe you forever. And notice what God says there real quickly. And let this sink in what, he's, what God is saying. He's talking to Moses, but he says, I'm coming to you in a thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak with you, may also believe you forever. When Moses told the words of, of the people to the Lord, the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. Let them wash their garments and be ready for the third day. For on the third day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. And you shall set limits for the people all around, saying, Take care not to go up into the mountain, nor touch the edge of it. Whoever touches the mountain shall be put to death. No hand shall touch him, but he shall be stoned or shot. Whether beast or man, he shall not live. When the trumpet sounds a long blast, they shall come up to the mountain. 
So Moses went down from the mountain to the people and consecrated the people, and they washed their garments. On verse 16. On the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast, so that all the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln, and the whole mountain trembled greatly. And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him in thunder. The Lord came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. Father God, again, we come before you tonight. This is your word. Father God, take these, these words, and Lord, take what you have laid upon my heart and enable me through the anointing of the Holy Spirit to preach the word that you would have spoken tonight. I pray, Father God, that each one of us will have ears that will hear, minds that will understand, and hearts that will perceive, and, and, and wills that will say, yes, Lord, to what you desire for us to do in our hearts and in our lives in this day and hour that we live. Lord, that we may see souls saved, that we may see bodies healed, that we may see people delivered from the bondage of sin and from the bondage of Satan, and that we can see the power of God being made manifest as Holy Spirit moves in our hearts and in our lives and in our services. Uh, Lord God, may we not ever come to a place in our walk with you or in our time of coming again and assembling together that we do not expect the Holy Spirit of God to have complete and total control in our hearts and in our lives and in our services uh, so that we may touch those in this community in which we live and in the touch the hearts and the lives of those people that we individually come in contact with in our daily lives. Lord God, I pray that all be done again for your honor, glory, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. This is a very familiar portion of scripture to us and I would imagine most of you here tonight can tell me what was about to happen on Mount Sinai. As I studied this and, and uh, the, the Lord kept saying to me this, this thought was come up to the mountain. Okay, Lord, what's this deal about coming up to the mountain? But I thought about there's several different times when people had encounters with God on mountains. Moses, I think, this, and from what I can understand, what I can read, Moses had been here before. When Moses was here before, there are a lot of scholars that believe that Mount Horeb and Mount Sinai are like two twin peaks right there together. If that is true, Moses had already been at Mount Sinai once before. Does anybody remember what happened there? God appeared to Moses in a burning bush. A bush that burned, but it did not get consumed. God said to Moses when he got to that place, he said, Moses, take your shoes off because where you're standing is holy ground. You remember what happened? 
God called Moses to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt and out of Egypt's bondage to the land flowing with milk and honey, to a land of the Canaanites. They were going to go out of that country of Egypt where they had been slaves for hundreds of years. And God was going to take them to a promised land. Does it sound familiar? God's promised a place for us. Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions or rooms, and I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am, there you may be also. He said, in the way you know, because I go to prepare a place for you. We have to believe that. That's a promise for us. What do we live for? What do we as the church, what do we think about in this life? When we talk about somebody passing and, and we believe with all of our lives, they, they've lived for the Lord, they've served Him. We believe they've gone to be with God. Paul says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so when we live this life, there's a promise then. But Moses has been here before. If these are truly the, the same place, I find it interesting to think about that when God took the children of Israel out of Egypt, he didn't take them the short route. Anybody ever think about that? God took them across the Red Sea and instead of going north, northeast to where, where present-day Israel would be, he took them south. Why? Because God wanted them to learn just the same that he wants us to learn tonight that we can trust him regardless of where he calls us to go. How many of you have had circumstances and situations that you think, Lord, this is really not what I had in mind. This is really not what I wanted to find myself doing, Lord. Sometimes our circumstances are not pleasant. Sometimes they require sacrifice. Sometimes they require us to, to give of ourselves when maybe we don't want to. But how many of us understand where God leads us is always going to be in our best interest? God was going to do something on Mount Sinai. But the thing that I find interesting tonight about this meeting on the mountain, if you will, is the thing that God tells Moses. And I read it in verse 9 when he said, Notice, I'm coming in a thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak. As I understand this, this particular portion of Scripture tonight, God wanted the children of Israel to stand at the mountain and listen to him as he spoke. God wanted them to hear him. God was not trying to get them to be afraid of him. You read the rest of those scriptures, you read on through there, you will find they made a bad mistake. They said, Moses, you go up there and talk to him. We'll go stay down, we'll go stay down here and wait till you get through. Church, can I tell you and I tonight, if you are going to have the kind of relationship with God that God wants you to have, you personally are going to have to get that relationship and, and work on it 
with him. A pastor can't do it. A Sunday school teacher can't do it. An evangelist can't do it. They can help guide you to that direction. They can help show you the way. We can talk about and preach about it. But church, each one of us, it is up to us as individuals to go to God and to get in that relationship to him where we hear him say, this is what I want you to do. God wanted that. that. God was not coming down on Mount Sinai to try to scare them and to try to intimidate them and try to get them to the places where they thought, oh, you know, we, we were scared of him. God does not want that. The enemy wants people to believe that God is mean. They want, the enemy wants people to believe that God's out to just box you upside the head every time you mess up. That wasn't what God wanted. God said, you tell them. Why did he tell them what he said? It takes preparation to go to God. It doesn't just happen. If you notice there in the, in the next few verses, Moses is talking to God. God is talking to Moses. But then God says to him in, in verse 10, the Lord said to Moses, go Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow and let them wash their garments and be ready for the third day. It took preparation. It, takes, it is going to take preparation for you and I tonight for what God has in store for us in the days to come. I have to be ready. You have to be ready. We have to get ourselves in the place where we individually hear what God says to us. And I want, I want to say this as gently as I know how, but I also want us to understand a leader, a pastor cannot do that for us. They can pray their heart out. They can pray in the Spirit 24 hours a day. But church, it's up to you and I. The people had to be willing to. And Moses had to go to them and, and help them to understand. God says, you get, you get consecrated. You get the people ready to meet me. It's a serious time. It is a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very spiritual time. Sometimes I wonder... When we come to church on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night, do we come in thinking about all of the nonsense and the situations and the circumstances that we're involved in? Or do we really come prepared to meet God? Because God meets people on the mountain. He called Abraham up to a mountain to offer his son Isaac. When Abraham left, he didn't tell his wife where he was going and what he was going to do. Did anybody, you know, if you, did you notice that? Where you go, Me and the lad are going to go worship God. I'm going to kill him up there. No, he didn't say that. Probably because Abraham's relationship with God was such that he would do what God was going to ask him to do, knowing that God was going to take care of it when he got there. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't know about you, but I'm on the kind of God, Lord, I want to know the plan, and I know I want to know it. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and on down the line. I want the details. And God says, no. Is anybody else that way? 
that you'll, that you'll fess up to being that way? I want the details. Lord, what's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen? No, no, no. What did he say? When he talk, you talk about Abraham for a minute, look at his call. God said, you get up from your family, you get up out of your land, and you go to a place I'm going to show you. Oh, lovely. I don't know where I'm going. Where are you going, Abraham? Uh, I don't know. It's not like, you know, when we, as husbands and wives, you know, it's, uh, where do you want to go eat? I don't know. You know, well, or I don't care, which is right over here, but, you know. But Abraham did not know exactly where he was going, but he knew he knew he would know when he got there. When God told him to take Isaac, his son, and sacrifice him, he knew where he was going. He knew what he was going to do. But the Bible tells us that he believed God. In fact, when Isaac asked his father, we've got the wood, we've got, you know, the fire to get, to get things started, we've got everything else for a uh, sacrifice, but where's the offering? What was Abraham's answer to his own son? God will provide a sacrifice. I believe because of Abraham's willingness to go up that mountain, that ram did not get caught in those thickets because it was stupid. God made it get caught there. But God was on the mountain. How do you know? Abraham raised the knife. He bound his son. His son let him bind him and put him on that altar. And he raised the knife to slay his own son. And the voice said, Abraham, Abraham. How many of you know sometimes God's got to say our name twice, two or three times? I saw something the other day on Facebook. He said, when you, your mom or your mother or your dad said the, your first, middle, and last name, things were very, very dangerous you were in hot water you know but he got Abraham why because Abraham was doing because he would believe if nothing if the Bible tells us that he believed that if he had to kill his own son God had to raise Isaac from the dead because Isaac was his promise look at Elijah for a moment think in your minds about Elijah on Mount Carmel They've been serving the prophet Baal for years and years. And finally, God says, you go call all of them 450 prophets of Baal up there. You meet up on Mount Carmel. We're going to have a contest. You sit there and you put your altar up and you get your sacrifice ready. And I'll let you start, Elijah says. I'm paraphrasing Oklahoma English, if you don't mind. I'll let you guys start. They started in the morning. They went all the way through noontime. And, Moses, and Elijah's going, hey guys, maybe you need to be a little bit louder. Maybe the, maybe he's asleep. Maybe he took a nap. So maybe he's off visiting somebody else. You better holler a little bit loud. On and on and on until time for the evening sacrifice. And Elijah said, all right, guys, you've had your turn. It's my turn now. And the Bible says that Elijah made the altar. He put the wood on the altar. He sat there and put the sacrifice on the altar. And remember, church, it was a land time of drought. Elijah got all the water he could find and soaked that stuff down till it ran in a trench around the altar. 
And Elijah prayed a small prayer. And the Bible tells us that God, fire came down from God out of heaven. It burnt up the sacrifice. It burnt up the wood. It, it sucked up the stones and turned them into dust and licked up all of the water. God had met, but Elijah had gone prepared. Abraham had gone prepared. Let's look at Jesus. How many times in the Gospels does it tell us that Jesus went up to a mount to pray? Time and again, Jesus is going up to the mountain. Jesus is going up the mountain. Is the mountain important? Not the, the fact that it's a mountain is not important. It's just the fact that it's a place where he knew he would, could get alone, away from the distractions, away from the noise, away from all of the things that went on around, and get some alone time with God because he wanted to spend time with his Father. And he spent it and often enough and was prepared enough that when God said, it's time for you to complete the mission, it's time for you to complete what I sent you to do, now is the time for the cross. Now is the time to die for the sins of all mankind. And on Golgotha's hill, Jesus gave his life willingly. Jesus said, no man takes my life from me. I give it willingly. The Bible tells us, I believe there's a very important scripture we ought to get a hold of sometimes. The Bible says that when all had been taken care of, when all had been accomplished, when Jesus makes this statement, it is is finished everything that was need that was needed to have been done and taken care of was now taken care of it was all settled it had all been paid for and the bible says then he jesus gave up the ghost not until that point in time. The severe beating uh, in, in, in Herod's uh, uh, in, or Pontius Pilate's, uh, whatever you call it, torture chamber, I guess you, for lack of a better word. I've heard it said, I don't know how true this is, but I've heard it said many a man died at the whipping post of the Roman whipping post because it was terrible. It was excruciatingly painful. It was debilitating to the body and yet Jesus took that beaten and torn to shreds body and carried that cross all the way up to Golgotha's hill but on Golgotha's hill church we need to remember that that's where our sin was bought and paid for as Paul said once and for all on that hill, on that mountain, victory has been bought and paid for for the child of God. Healing was bought and paid for for the child of God. Deliverance has been bought and paid for for whosoever would call on the name of the Lord. On a hill, 
on a mountain, if you will. The Bible says, who shall ascend to the mountain of God? He that has pure hands, clean hands, I'm sorry, and a pure heart. That takes preparation. Church, I believe God wants to do something in us and for us and through us as a church. And I also stand here with a, with a, from the very depths of my heart telling you we can get, start getting a hold of God and going up to meet God and talk to God to the point in the place that when our, the pastor, our pastor gets here that we are going for God. We're on fire. We're being what God called the church to be and lives are being changed. Souls are being saved. People are being delivered from the bondages of sin and drugs and alcohol and whatever addictions there are out there. We can see it happen. And I believe if we'll, even if it's just us, church, just those of us here tonight. I was, in, I was encouraged Sunday morning. I got to sit back and run the words, but I saw a church house of people that were worshiping and praising God, and my heart cried out with me, Lord, help us to get even stronger. Help us to get even better at our worship and our praise and letting the Holy Spirit go and move and do what he wants to do in our hearts and lives. I want to challenge us. Let's be prepared for what God is wanting to do in our hearts and lives. The Bible says that he said, get them ready. Get prepared. I believe it's T.D. Jakes is saying, is noted for saying, get ready, get ready, get ready. Let me tell you something. My mother-in-law passed away several years ago. My girl's mother's, my girl's granddaughter, mother. I went to see her right before she passed. And she was the kind of lady that would, when she called me, phone would ring and it was her and she'd always, Alan I got a question and I'm going oh boy because she could come up with some humdingers you know but I went by to see her the last time I saw her alive and she asked me the question she said what's it like to go from here to there and I said Mary I don't know I don't have a clue I said all I can tell you is God's got all of that taken care of. He, that, that part of it is already taken care of. All I've got to know and all you've got to know is your ticket's been bought and paid for. You're ready to go. Yeah. You know, they do these tours. You may not always know where you're, you know, you've got a general idea. Hopefully if you go buy a tour somewhere, you know where you're going. You know, we know where we're going, but we've never been there before. So we what? We have a tour guide that, you know, we pay for a tour, and, and they, I guess I've never been on one. But they take you around and show you all of these different things. But church, we are going to take a journey one of these days that God has already prepared it. And I can believe, I believe with all of my heart, it is more wonderful than we can even imagine. But I've got to be prepared. You've got to be prepared. And I've got to do it for myself. My wife can't do it for me. Oh, there's times she preaches at me and tells me kinds of stuff. And it's like, okay, yeah, yeah. But I've still got to do it for myself. She can be as right as she possibly, as you can possibly be. But I have got to do it for me. She can't. You know, she can nag me if she wants to. She can, you know, just, you know. But if I don't do it 
it doesn't get done. He said, get them ready. Get them ready. But then look at what happens in verse 16. On the morning of the third day, I, I would kind of like to, to have, be able to look. If, if I could have uh, thought about it, I, I would have tried. I tried to get something uh, together for the, our video stuff, but I didn't do it. Couldn't do it, get it brought from where I had it to here. But I'd like to find a picture of a storm on a mountain with lightning in it. I think it would just been, you know, but I don't know if there is one, if there is not. But the Bible says on the morning of the third day, there was what? Thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. So all the people in the camp trembled. God had done what he said he would do. They had prepared. And now comes the great day when they meet God. It had to be probably a little overwhelming, probably a lot overwhelming, if you want to know what I think. Moses had seen a burning bush that didn't burn up. But now we have see a mountain that has thunder and lightning and thick clouds and there's a trumpet blast and it, they're just... All of this is, is overwhelming. It was not, let me say this real quickly. It was not designed to scare them. It was designed, I believe, and this is my opinion, so, you know, we can't come out and call this law and gospel, but it was my opinion that God wanted those people to realize how big and how mighty and powerful he was in their behalf. Remember, he had already brought them across the Red Sea on dry land. He had already showed himself mighty that he controlled water, made it split, and overnight dried out the land with a strong east wind. God had already been showing himself mighty. I believe God wanted them to realize who he was and just how big he was. We've seen that course. Sister Julie leads us in that course. How great is our God? How great is our God? Church, do we really have a clue of how great He really is in our hearts and lives? The closer we get to Him, the closer we draw to Him, the better we'll know. The better we'll understand. We will not, I don't know that we'll understand it all, but it doesn't hurt to get a little bit closer. There, there was a boundary for them. They could only go so far. But he said, come up to the mountain. Moses went on up. I want to, I want to touch this point real quickly because we know about it. it's not in, in what we read. It talks about how God was all in that deal. But the Bible tells us, if you go back on into the 20th chapter, the people said, Moses, you go up for us. You go talk to him. We're too scared to. And what does the Bible tell us? Moses went up the mountain. God called Moses up into the mountain. Told him, he said, you leave Aaron back on the hill. 
probably in hindsight, yeah, I'm wondering why he didn't make Aaron go with him. Maybe some of the nonsense wouldn't have happened. But we also know while God was given the Ten Commandments, which was the great deal of why God wanted them there to give them his law personally, they made themselves a golden calf to worship in the presence of Almighty God. But church, let me tell you what I'm saying, what I'm trying to get us to understand tonight. When they sent Moses to be their representative, that was not what God wanted. That was not what he was looking for. He was looking for them to stand at the foot of that mountain while Moses was up there and wait until God was finished doing what he was going to do. It may not happen as soon as we want things to happen, but church, if we'll stand patiently at the foot of the mountain, God will call us up to the mountain. God will meet with us. They messed up. If you go on and read that 20th chapter, you'll find out God says, Moses, go down there and take care of that bunch. of your." He said, your people. Why? They had rejected God. They've come to the rest. Don't throw stones at them, church. Because sometimes I've seen people in the church do the same thing. They serve God. And then they will turn around, oh, I, it's, it's not what I thought it ought to be. Why? Because you quit pursuing God. You little rough preacher. Listen, I'd, I would warn anybody, you need to think four, five, six, seven times about turning your back on God. God has your best interest in mind. God has your life in mind. But we've got to seek him. Jesus put it this way. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What is our mountain? It doesn't matter. It's that point in time. It's that point where we go to meet personally with God and God meets with us. I'm convinced in this year of 2022, God wants to meet with his people and God wants his people to willingly come to him because they want to meet with him. Come to the mountain. Every head bowed and every eye closed for a moment. Father God, we thank you for your word. Father, I thank you that you do care so much about us that you want that personal relationship with us. You want us to know you personally. You want us to know you well. You want us to know you better and better as we grow in our Christian walk with you. But Lord, I also know there are people outside these four walls or the walls of this church that need to know that you want them, that you want a relationship with them too. That's why you came, Jesus. That's why you gave your life, so that we could each have a personal, loving, living, dynamic relationship with you and with knowing you as Savior, Lord of our life, and being able to know God as Father and know the Holy Spirit as our comforter and our teacher and our guide. Father, I help us, Lord, to realize 
that the strength and the intensity of our relationship with you depends on what we put into it. It depends on how hard, how diligently we seek after you. Help us to understand that, Lord. Help us to just realize that the blessings of having that happen and that relationship growing and developing, Father, God, not just touch us, but they touch hearts and lives of others. Help us to desire it. Help us, Lord, to pursue you as the most important thing. Help us to be like David who said, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you, O God. Help us, Lord. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I trust that every one of us here tonight in this sanctuary know Jesus as Savior Lord of their life. But if you don't, you have that opportunity tonight. If you're watching by way of social media, by Facebook, or if you see this on our website later, God wants that same relationship with you that he did the children of Israel. He wants the same relationship with you that Jesus had with his disciples. He loved them. He cared for them. And they became the men that would go out and revolutionize the world in which they lived. You can have that opportunity. God's not mad at you. God's not upset at you. But let me say this. God wants you to come to him and let him help you change your life you don't have to change yourself you don't have to do anything different you just have to come to him and say god i need help jesus i need a savior and i believe you came for that very purpose to save my soul jesus come into my heart make me a child of god and then you will have all that ability that God has to guide you and direct you and to mold you from the inside out into who he wants you to be. If you're here in this building tonight, you don't know him as Savior, Jesus as Savior, Lord of your life, would you raise your hand? You want to know him. You want to recognize. You recognize that God wants you as part of his kingdom. If you're watching this, if you're seeing this, Another place in time, maybe, doesn't matter. All you've got to do is just go before God. Go and say, Jesus, I really need help. I need you to change me. And he will. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be a prayer. You can repeat a prayer, but you can just simply say, Jesus, I need you to come into my life. And I believe that you will. You can do that. Church, what about us tonight? Are we willing to seek God for all that he wants to do for us and in us? I want to see God meet with us in a, such a supernatural way that God is glorified, that people's lives are changed, they're saved, they're healed, they're delivered, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. If you have that desire tonight, I encourage you tonight, come. Let's spend some time in prayer. and They'll put some music on for us, but let's spend some time in prayer and seeking God and seeking his face. Come up to his mountain.